I harmonized it, did no. you? Wow, <laughs> thanks, Dan. It's all right. I love you too. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Canterbame. Uh, I'm Blessing, and Drake and his summer 16 didn't come for us. Wow. Hi, and I'm Nisha, e sono tornata di Italia l'anno... No, non l'anno lo scorso. Blah, 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 blah. There you go. That's my Italian for you. Wow, we're getting more cultural. <laughs> Even more so. Hi, I'm Dami, and I can only speak English. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you know like French or something? I know a little bit of French. Yeah. We speak it. Okay. <laughs> Bonjour, mon ami. Uh, ça va bien? Merci. Merci. <laughs> Comment tu t'appelles? What? Comment tu t'appelles? Je m'appelle Blessing. Hey, comment hey. ça va? Ça va bien, merci. Oui, c'est okay. toilette? Non. C'est un désastre. Sorry. I shouldn't have started that. Oh, hey, du fromage. So well. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, so this, this is Canterbame, and this is a show where we talk about our life experiences as BAME students here in Canterbury. So for those of you who still might not know what BAME stands for, and it's been a few weeks, it stands for Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic. So this show aims to be a platform for those who often feel that they're not represented and those of you who also want to learn about those experiences. So if you'd like to follow our conversation today, please check out our Twitter at Canterbame, our Instagram at Canterbame and also feel free to comment or at us because as we always say, shadiness is encouraged and a follow is always definitely appreciated. And definitely email us at studio at csifm.com because you know we like to receive your mail while we're on the show and we promise, we promise we'll read it out, Cairo, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> he came I was at Tesco today and he was like you didn't read out my email and I was like oh sorry <laughs> mm, sorry Karen mm, so today we will be talking about allies and with us in the studio today we have a very special guest I, this is your third time isn't it it's yeah it's my time. third time oh you're like a veteran oh. now you're a cancer vet. vet hey and guys you already know who it is it's Davina <laughs> <laughs> that is the best oh, you're really, you sound tired you sound like you're tired I just came from the gym oh, okay. oh. my arms hurt oh, okay. I'm trying to get you know a little bit of a little bit of body <laughs> It's like I should be going back to the gym as well to get my booty gained, but you know, this yeah. bed okay. is so much nicer. Yeah. I've been doing hip workouts at home. I'm with Whoa. you. Nice. Nice. What's a hip workout? I don't like it. Oh, high hit. intensity training. I don't like wow. it. You literally meant hip. You need that, but it is most it's effective. So yeah, I it's love so good. it. I loved insanity. I didn't pass out at the gym. Oh, insanity. <laughs> oh yeah, wait. I remember that. Oh wait, but yeah, we didn't really passed out. We need to oh, do yeah. this. <laughs> I didn't even hear that. No, no, not today. But like one time, my friend was like. Let's do hit like as like the warm up before we start working oh, out. And after I got uh, off the I got off the treadmill and my, like everything went black and oh I just oh nearly, nearly fell out in the gym. Oh, oh. cannot come and kill yourself. It's <laughs> alright. Yeah, I can't die for exercise. No. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Anyway, today we're talking about allies. <laughs> and uh, if you don't know what an ally is, uh, apart from you know the world wars and general you know warfare, <laughs> um, allies are people who may not know the experience of the oppressed or marginalized group, but are willing to support and help fight their fight so today since we are kind of BAME we'll be talking about allies as they pertain to BAME individuals and their fights and the people who try and support them so having allies in certain struggles is definitely beneficial because obviously they usually come from a privileged place which can be definitely helpful if you're trying to get the message out there and they can help reach the pe- privileged people that um, the marginalized people themselves won't be able to reach so in the case of Black Lives Matter um, 
when you're pursuing intersectional feminism, intersectional LGBTQ plus rights, allies have been helpful in fighting these fights. But allies can also be dangerous, which is something we're going to explore today. Uh, when allies, instead of taking into account the real experiences of people in the movement, they often place their own opinions as paramount. So we're also going to be talking about friends who call themselves allies or who are friends in these fights and who, again, sometimes do not put the opinions of the people who are marginalized above their own. So, guys, allies, I did a little quick run through right there, but um, do you want to maybe talk about uh, allies in terms of like in what instances we feel allies are needed? Allies are needed everywhere, really. Like, in a, I mean, I feel like there's this um, stigma upon us where it's kind of like where where we're kind of like marginalized and the fact that we always address it like there's often like this opinion where we are constantly victimizing ourselves Mm -hmm. i don't know if you've hit like you've seen or heard Mm-hmm. Yeah. People stop saying like you need to stop victimizing yourself. Yeah, like like stop it's going to race. Century. It's not about race. Yeah, right, right. And it's kind of like I feel like this is something that you kind of see everywhere. Um, it's gonna happen in a kind of like in every step of your life. And allies <laughs> are needed, not for like they are needed for all situations, but not all the time. I guess. Mm, I get what you mean. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, a lot of people, I mean, usually when you're talking about allies, there's this uh, discussion that comes along with it is in that you don't want allies to overtake what mm-hmm. people who are actually facing the suppression or marginalization are talking about. They're meant to assist, not be the voice of it. Yeah. So they need to know when to sit down and talk and take their place. Yeah. So uh, what makes a good ally, I guess, is the question. Um, I think what makes for me anyways a good ally is someone who is uh, willing to like listen and try mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. I guess sympathise because they can't empathise because definitions yeah. and whatnot. but um, <laughs> uh, like it's kind of just about being able to hear my experience and being able to sympathise with it mm-hmm. and try to use your privilege to almost help me in a way yeah, that yeah. I wouldn't be able to necessarily help myself yeah. without mm-hmm. trying to topple hierarchies and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think it's cu- sometimes it's probably be a good idea to maybe discuss allies in terms of different movements and different um like m- you know aims that I'm doing air quotes. No one on the radio can see <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> um so when we talk about racism, in what instance is a good ally when you know we're trying to fight against racism? anyone get you know yes yes i have an example so um in in cases when there are you know discussions and people bring up race and you know there's there's this kind of it's almost a i want to say it's a british thing but i feel like in like a lot of british culture it's kind of like if you see something happening you kind of stick to yourself and not say anything oh yeah definitely so like when there's like these videos of like racist incidents of people spewing vitriol on the bus mm-hmm. and everyone is silent on the bus that would be like a good a, a good ally would be someone that stands up and says no this is wrong you shouldn't be saying this blah 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 it's racist uh sexist homophobic whatever so i feel like that is an example of like a good ally someone who is not afraid to interject and like try and stop a situation from occurring or getting worse yeah yeah i mean we definitely want people who are there to help a lot of those videos i mean 
I usually see it's other black people, other people of color speaking up mm-hmm. rather than like other white people who are maybe sh- who are calling out the other racist white person in those mm-hmm. instances. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very o- it's very often I don't see uh, another person of color speaking up about uh, racism going on w- in those videos specifically. I'm not saying in general in life, but in those viral videos that usually go out. Mm-hmm. So in those in-, in that case, in terms of racism and allies, what makes a bad ally? Someone who says they're for your cause, but when the time comes, they don't pick up their cross and help. Mm-hmm. Mm, definitely. Um, I can only relate this to personal experience. Someone Ooh, go who, for it. Like someone who's having a heated debate with someone about something in terms of race, but you know they don't address the person of color in the room, which mm-hmm. is me, and they don't ask for my opinion mm-hmm. because <laughs> they're too busy arguing between themselves. Two white people arguing themselves about what is racism and can people of color be racist and we can't you want to get into that story yes. keep on going but I'll afterwards down afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they and they just don't ask the person of color in the room huh. whether we can or can't be racist and i'm like this is interesting i'm watching you guys argue in a restaurant um this is nice. This is my entertainment for the evening. I'm going to get even more specific. So we know. <laughs> I know that like, she's talking yeah, about. We know that she's talking about. But nice. <laughs> <laughs> We're not naming. This is a very powerful right, radio right, station. Right, right. <laughs> Let's not name names. It's okay. It's okay. I love, I love Dami's enthusiasm. I want her to get into it. Okay, <laughs> basically, it is my sincere and honest opinion that people <laughs> of a marginalised... Um, ethnic group cannot be racist because racism is set upon privilege basically you're looking down at other people who don't have the same resources (laughs) (laughs) and you know like opportunities as you and you're keeping them down institutionally and saying oh yeah but you know it's not about race you just have to work hard meritocracy is a thing it's not it's a myth (laughs) it's not real we don't all have the same choice unfortunately or the same chance unfortunately Mm -hmm. so yeah we cannot be racist so Mm -hmm. just Boop, put that in your pipe and smoke yeah. it <laughs> you know what I thought I thought at one point in my life I did think that we could be racist but I mean like there we ha- mm. there are like issues in terms of like people of race being racist towards people of different races yeah. uh-huh. so like Asians and Africans yeah. like, being there's, racist there's towards each other is that them but is that that's what I'm asking yeah. is that racism or is that prejudice I think one of my prejudice. friends I think one of my friends mm. is explaining it like um, there's like four there's like four different theories of racism I guess oh, or something like that okay. who's like, your friend she goes to um, Essex but when we was in f- when we was in sixth form we used to have all of these heated debates and yeah. like like she's into like politics and ideologies and yeah, all that yeah. stuff so she came back to me and was like there's like this thing called horizontal racism where like you okay. kind of are racist to other oppressed groups like you're not like punching up you're punching uh-huh. across right. oh, so it's like you're scapegoating right. other people okay. who are just yeah. as oppressed as you are yeah but oh. like I think I think we also have to take into consideration anti-blackness is global and like yeah, you know, yeah. subjugation of black people is but again that isn't an excuse for black people to then you know yeah, yeah. use that to be prejudiced or yeah. discriminatory uh, dis- discriminatory <laughs> to other people of colour yeah. Yeah. yeah but I thought racism for me towards white people was like oh yeah all white people smell like dogs wow. and that was that's a whole other kind of thing that's just, like, like, that's just not nice that's, that's just, just not nice <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just rude, rude. <laughs> I thought that was like oh wait that must be racist that's like the textbook definition of racism that you know white people provided for us but we were again and we need to get into discussion mm. about reverse racism because if I see that phrase one more time oh my god that's another one I have an issue with but okay so we've put out 
we've laid out good allies in terms of racism, bad allies in terms of racism. We've also had a personal story that we're not. I've got many. Like most of these things that you've got outlined for today's show is all about like celebrities and stuff. And for me, all it is is personal experiences. We've been going into personal experiences because I definitely feel like I have. When we're going to talk about friends, I'll probably bring up more. But I Mm -hmm. definitely know instances where I have talked about. Okay, so specifically, I had an experience where I was like, again, I was, I went on a year of in America. Oh, hey. oh. It's, been a while. oh. it's been a while since I mentioned Must it. Must you bring up every episode? Excuse me, did I bring up last episode? Hold on. Let's let's bring up no, I feel like we have let's to go back and listen. listen can yeah, I introduce yeah, the word America I'm going to say it now. <laughs> basically, 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 no, I'm saying it. No, what? Ba- that story that I just talked to you about was from my year abroad too. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. But they sure. But they were both two English people, so it was yeah. just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um I knew I had a white friend and basically we were talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and I was I didn't get as involved but I did do a little bit. I went to a protest, I met some people, it was really cool. But um, as I was walking around campus, obviously you realise that campus security have guns and oh. you're kind of freaked out about that. That's actually another thing that props up in Dear White People, which we're going to talk about a bit, little bit later today. Mm-hmm. But um, campus security have guns, the local police have guns. You're literally walking around campus like, there are too many guns in this area for me to feel safe. So I w- was walking around, I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to go out, you know, be ca- I have to be careful because I just saw a cop car. Because I think I just got back to my room and I was going back out. I was like, oh, I just saw a cop car, and, you know, they have guns, you know, as a black woman, I got to be careful and all that. And she's like, no, blessing, you'll be fine. And I'm like, um... um no, no, it's a, it's a real thing. I could be hurt. And she's like, no, no, you'll be fine. And I was literally like, they're like, uh huh. And I think, and I think what her argument was that your English will be fine, but um, they won't hear my accent yeah. when if when they see my face. Mm. So mm. I don't know how that argument came into play, but it's that idea that when you talk over the person, the marginalized group, and you put your opinion or your viewpoint over it instead of hearing what they have to say, that's a bad. That's my personal bad example of a bad ally or bad friend. It's happened to me too, mm. but it's not. <laughs> there's no guns involved. Okay, basically, when I first got to uni, I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna make friends that are not black," because I came from a place where everyone was black. Like my okay. whole school, black, black, black. I was like, "Yeah, cool." There's so many of people like me. I was about to shout out the people. area because we come from a similar area. But I'm not gonna. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say the area. I'm not going to say the area. Do you want to sing it? No, we're not going to sing it. It's not that deep. But basically, they were like, oh, we should go on a bar crawl. And I was like, bar crawl. (laughs) See, where I live, you do not go on bar crawls. We don't do them things there. We don't. (laughs) But I was like, you know what? I'm broadening my horizons. I want to be open-minded to everything and everyone. So we went into a spoon. I swear the air changed when I stepped in there. The air changed. I was like, I don't feel comfortable. She's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm the only black person in here which is one thing I know mm-hmm. I'm in Canterbury but there are other black people so where are they yeah. like they must know something about the spoons that I don't yeah. fine then I was like cool let me sit down and I got ID'd and no one else did and I was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so what's going on here the one person mm-hmm. who looks different to everybody else got ID'd mm-hmm. my friend was like it's not that deep you're making it about race Mm-mm. it's not about race I can relate you to should that. be fine mm-hmm. and I feel like you guys can probably relate to that yeah. with yeah. the buses with the yeah. buses in Canterbury as well Okay. Okay. Yeah. Speak on that. When yeah. They're, yeah. When they're when they're ready to not ID, a whole bunch of people that get on the bus for the for their uni day riders. But when I come present my ticket, excuse me, where's your ID, please? Hmm. Oh. oh okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it happened to me today. I just had to throw it out there. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I actually haven't seen any of these bus inspectors and country buses, but I, I do feel like 
whenever okay maybe i'm getting the prices wrong but whenever i have gone on a friend with someone uh, gone on a friend who doesn't go to this uni <laughs> they there's always been like this uh I don't, I don't know it just seems weird when they're paying for a ticket and i'm always double checking the price like i swear this isn't right and i'm thinking mm. in my head maybe i'm getting the prices wrong but i'm just like this this doesn't seem right like i remember i bought a ticket with a friend this weekend and he paid for it and this bus driver was really pushing this evening rider which is five pounds for a ticket right so because i knew we would be out till after 12 a.m and i was like okay usually you can get like the day rider which is what 270 or whatever and oh. that and the, and the bus driver if it's a nice one will let you on after midnight because usually they don't really care no, this bus driver was really pushing this evening rider really? which only works during the night i don't understand what happened what do you mean the, the day rider runs till 4 30 in the morning yeah, the that's, what I, was thinking. that's also, what I was thinking also if they had a student id they should be charged a student rate rather than five whatever even if it's not a kent one yeah <laughs> oh what there we go hmm. and i think he's listening now so again i'm sorry because i was looking as he was paying like this is too much it's, five pounds it's, it's, very, it's very sad when you hear things like that mm. but um yeah so we're gonna actually move into another topic to do with allies and that is mm-hmm. going to be intersectional feminism and oh. allies. <laughs> that was dammy <laughs> <laughs> so uh for those who don't know who what intersectional feminism is dammy do you want to explain okay I know a little bit, just teensy, teensy a little bit. There was this lady called Kimberly Crenshaw, I believe, mm-hmm. who yep. wrote an essay that was basically talking about the fact that feminism needs to be spread out into different groups because different people need different things from it. And that we should focus on bolstering these separate groups because mm-hmm. as a whole, it's failing people. People are being left behind, i.e. Mm-hmm. marginalized groups like um, LGBTQ+. Black people, obviously, Asians, people that are um, basically not white. Mm. That's my point. Yeah, so there's this overarching idea of white feminism and how it only tailors to white women who are fighting for equal rights and then doesn't take into account like what black women go through, what Asian women go through, uh, what, le- what gay, lesbian, bisexual women go through in terms of their fight for equality as well. So um, I think you were talking, you mentioned, you put the article about Jessica Chastain and Octavia Spencer down there, didn't you? Ah, uh, yes, I can elaborate just quickly. So basically there's this white actress called Jessica Chastain. I don't know what she was acting in, but Octavia Spencer has been in things like The Help and probably every other she's won like, an stock. Oscar yeah she's a really great actress but they put her in a certain role all the time mm-hmm. on purpose which is really annoying I think it's called is it called typecasting yeah it is they do that a lot with black people in Hollywood so she's getting the same kind of role and also not getting paid well and Jessica Chastain was basically like how are you paying her so little I will walk from this movie if you don't pay her right Mm. and it was just like you had to get a white woman to tie to your cause for something to happen that's mm. kind of mad mm. i'm glad that she did she's an ally in that case yeah. but the fact you need an ally is deep mm. yeah mm. <sighs> yeah but it's like in the kind of industry that like especially in the creative industry where like black asian minority ethnic people are a minority in this industry it's kind of like this whole systematic prejudice against everyone else where it's like well you're a woman so automatically you won't be paid enough and you won't be paid the same as your male counterpart sorry and then but now that you're my you're a minority ethnic you won't be i don't know i don't know what it is like you're not valued as much i don't know how they think like the industry where they're just like i guess we'll give you even less and but i mean like i guess in that point you do you do need someone to basically give you that push up because 
obviously your voice is on like your voice as a minority ethnic isn't enough and you're it's sad to have to have to rely on a person because of their race to be able to give you that yeah. equal wage but it's like if these are the steps that need to be taken for it to become a norm in the future then yeah i guess you're gonna have to didn't that happen with the me too cause as well there was this lady mm. called tanya Tur- burke tarana burke tarana yeah burke, she sorry. started it she was behind it she started years and ago. then rose mcgowan comes out and, and she's like, like oh, oh me yes, too me too and like oh Everybody okay meets you. we know Everybody about it now and it was yeah she uh she was a black um black woman in america who started it i think 2008 it was definitely ago. early 2000s it's really yeah and she and she like she's had it up for a while and then when rose mcgowan came up with the hashtag they linked it back to her and then they tried to get her involved and she was like yeah i'll be involved but please recognize the other work that has been going on mm-hmm. and that's happened but like you're saying isha it's true it seems it's kind of sad that was that that you still need people of a higher privilege to kind of help lift you up yeah just so that you get that recognition like with octavia spencer i'm trying to think what a bad intersectional feminist allies because in my in my mind it's not just women who like it's not just white feminists who are just like oh no your cause isn't that relevant we're all hoping for equality i mean that's bad when they're trying to do an overreaching equality mm, but i mm-hmm. think there's also male feminists who sometimes come in and then ignore the subjugated groups or even mm. ignore white women in general with this idea that oh i'm a man but i'm also a feminist i'm fighting for all of you mm-hmm. yeah i'm the only man in the room <laughs> um i kind of discovered uh intersectional feminism kind of because like you know people put me onto it it's like especially like the black women that i was surrounded with but also because uh as like a black lgbt person intersectional feminism has helped me understand like you know the struggles that not only black like women would face but black lgbt women as well as understanding some of the dynamics that happen with black lgbt men so um I guess I would say I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, I would say I'm an ally, but obviously, like, it sounds kind of, uh, <laughs> it sounds kind of like me declaring that title, so I kind of just do what I can hmm. to, you know, check my friends on their sexism and misogyny and, like, try to unlearn the harmful ideas that have been conditioned into me by society. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I was having an argument with Daniel about whether men were inherently evil or not, and I was like, no, they're not they're taught to be evil and they have yeah. to unlearn it yeah <laughs> basically yeah. you don't you don't grow up with misogyny like in your brain it yeah. gets pushed in mm-hmm. in every film yeah. every movie yeah. every tv show every, every music video book, every parents. children's book your parents oh my god parents are the worst they reinforce these horrible gender roles like why are you doing this mm. why? why we're not still in africa i'm in england <laughs> where women <laughs> sorry but what honestly, is he doing like, like you have this my dad has like this weird like hold on daniel or my dad which one whoever you said no no not still um, in, <laughs> in my dad, like we're in england now oh. women have more rights here you can't you can't say them things mm-hmm. you can't do them things Mm-mm. that reminds me of me when i was in 2008 and my mom used to force me to go into the kitchen and cook with her and oh it's like gosh. why can't you should do it like my brother and it's like because you're a girl and i was like but he's a boy too exactly. and you know mm-hmm. it should be fair exactly. it's like no you have to learn you're the girl you have to do it and it's like bro this is not fair this doesn't work fair. like that here anymore it's not fair. and my sister just re- like kind of like reminds me of how sulky i was as a child but 
in in hindsight i'm kind of grateful for the fact that my mom forced me to do this because i can cook yeah. and i'm a great cook i kind of missed out on that huh? <laughs> i kind of missed out on that <laughs> your mom didn't teach you to cook do we know i mean like i i was always i was always allowed to watch in the kitchen right. i was never allowed to cook you weren't allowed no my mom like my mom and my family didn't trust me i was i was uh, a, i was a clumsy dumb child so i do uh, stuff like forget that that the oven was on and leave it on oh, <laughs> oh, like that. oh that's but like um, but you kind of can't be mad at you for yeah, trying and yeah, just be involved yeah and because I had older brothers as well yeah. they were more likely to have cooked uh. so because my mom only had my mom had three boys mm-hmm. she didn't have any girl children so the boys had to learn how to cook at some point completely different yeah. but because yeah. the eldest was so much older than us mm-hmm. he would do all the cooking uh. so I didn't really I only started learning how to cook like two years ago uh, <laughs> like you were thrown into uni life and you're like I have to I have yeah to yeah pretty much like, <laughs> first, year, first year was what quite was lucky what your first dish um I guess you I, I guess you could say like jerk chicken but like Ooh. oven oven baked mm. chicken oh, and I made like sweet potato fries of it that was your mm. first thing nice. yeah. okay that's yeah. advanced come through <laughs> I was, I was kind of semi expecting to hear like a jacket potato I thought you yeah. said pasta or like yeah. a yeah. Like, like the basic my mom kind of threw me in one. the deep end it's oh, a good thing then no for real yeah. I think my first dish was Ebba What's that? It's a Nigerian uh, dish made from dry cassava. I don't like Ebba. I don't understand, Debbie. It it's yeah, a, I don't gra- like it it's, No, it's the cooked version of Gary. It's the same thing. Okay. It's it's Gary. Gary's raw. It's it Gary's dry cassava, basically. What's it's the grains. Uh, it's like a... Yeah? A, a fo- similar to a yam okay and you basically dry it and then you end up pounding it mixing it with um hot water and it becomes mm-hmm. like a dough some mm. people eat it with nuts as well like the raw you can have the raw gary with nuts and water mm. and sometimes a chocolate powder and sugar Ooh. it's like a, it can be a whole thing ever is delicious it's not with okra or a gussy or Pound red jam instead oh, my gosh. and then i'm, I'm happy so hungry mom i'm coming home soon <laughs> <laughs> uh what was oh what was i gonna say uh yeah so we've talked about good allies and you know i loved that you mentioned you know the male perspective yeah. Yeah. yes 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 uh but let's quickly scoot on over to uh lgbtq plus uh fight the fight and allies so um i think that sorry i had a little brain fart there on the radio that's not helpful <laughs> so i'm allowed to say fart yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's okay <laughs> as, as long as you don't swear okay cool it's part of word now no no <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's think of good allies in terms of LGBTQ plus individuals. Mm-hmm. I can think of some bad ones. Oh, okay, yeah, go back first. So I've been watching a lot of Drag Race. So oh, I'm trying to okay. Speak <laughs> about it. Let's speak about it's it. It's interesting what the people they bring on for judges. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, I've never heard of you or heard you say anything Wasn't positive. Wasn't Lizzo on that? I don't yeah, know who she yeah, is, but I'm following her now. Like her. Amazing. her music Check is great. Music. Yeah. Okay, I see. That's one person I've discovered mm-hmm. that I'm happy about. She's great. But was it Shania Twain that was on oh, Drag Race? Oh yeah, I, I heard about that. I heard about that. Oh, we found out about it. Like that, she was saying, I would have voted for Trump. She should just kept her mouth shut. She should have been on the show, smiled, and left. You know what I mean? Promote your album and leave. Why did you have to say that? But yeah, so. As I was, there are people that come on the show. I'm like, I've never seen you say anything positive about that community. Why are mm-hmm. you suddenly on the show? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing there? Mm-hmm. I'm watching it to learn, to like be immersed in the gay culture, to understand things. I'm understanding the slang a little bit. I'm picking <laughs> up. I'm excited. And this person is using it wrongly and awkwardly. Everyone's clapping because oh my god, a straight person is trying. I'm like, no, yeah. it's, it's not. 
Mm. Let's not congratulate them. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. I think I think also another thing to mention was that on RuPaul's Drag Race there was a there was a confront air quotes confrontation between um, two queens where uh, there was a, a black queen who was very vocal about the distinctions and disparities between how like black queens are treated versus how the white queens are treated from Vixen and Aquaria. <gasps> yeah. And in the Untucked, basically what happened was um, Aquaria would always poke at Vixen and Vixen kind of blew up and mm-hmm. like, you know, confronted her. But then Aquaria did the white woman tears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask who is Aquarian white. Okay. Yeah, and then yeah. the Vixen had to be like, you cannot weaponize your tears because it's going to automatically Ooh, portray me I as the angry black person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because obviously, one thing that is very prevalent on RuPaul's Drag Race for some reason is there's always an angry black villain character. Yeah, there on is. Each season. Mm. Well, at least the angry person of color villain. I on think the it's the editing, to be honest. Yeah, they, yeah. they always portrayed someone with a villain edit and it's usually someone like a person of colour on mm. the show yeah. so it was really good that that exchange was like brought to light because speaking yeah. of like Drag Race again a lot of the black queens in like past seasons have received like disgusting hate it's true. from like Why? so fans many of the fans so angry from, oh. from what they've seen I see a pinhole of the situation right. they don't yeah. bother to watch Untucked or to yeah. like ask the queens what happened they just yeah. assume so that they the kind of correct. they kind of just like throw racist vitriol at the wow. queens when their favorite white queens don't yeah. get through like it and they get death threats they get everything it's crazy so they get, it's crazy and the white and the white queens don't get any of that well they no, do but not well, as much not as much but like it's always like it, another it's example like um black celebrities on twitter like mm-hmm. when you see them tweeting something mm-hmm. like people from other fan bases like their whole entire comments will just be the n-word or the b-word oh yeah, yeah. stands yeah. sometimes can be really problematic oh stand culture is Wait, <laughs> a culture? mess yeah like it, you're basically an extreme fan I don't know what Stan actually stands for, but like when it's, you stand for someone, it's derived from the Eminem song Stan, who was like oh. an obsessed, an obsessed person, and that's where the name came from. Yeah, that makes yeah. so much sense now. I learned something today. Look at me teaching you again. Do we call him Teacher Davino? <laughs> uh, Professor Davino. Professor. In Jesus' name. So, uh, what about good allies then, in terms of the movement? Michelle Visage. Yes. I, who is he? I don't know. She's a good ally. Oh, okay. I don't She's know. She's a great ally. Like, I've been called Pearl. Pearl. Sorry, not Real Pearl. Goodness. <laughs> 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 it's okay. I was just thinking about the exchange between RuPaul and Pearl. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Never mind. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. Please educate us. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think a year or two ago and she was basically just trying to help the people t- in the house to understand the mm. culture where she's coming she's like, I'm representing them I want everyone to like, get along I want them to be involved okay. this is like what they need and what do you need let's bring each other together let's learn about each other mm-hmm. she's and really uh, about trying to like lift people up and mm. just talk to anyone and I'm pretty sure she's a straight woman so she she is yeah, she's so so married she, with kids yeah, as well yeah. Yeah. so she's a good example of someone who's immersed in gay culture mm-hmm. but understands that this isn't hers to like you know take but exactly. hers to educate mm, okay. because I'm she's, gonna Google this person. Exactly. she's she has her foot in but she's not 
she's not like exactly that's like the ideal situation someone who is of and knows of the culture but is still aware of their privilege and their place of privilege Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay what's her name again michelle visage michelle visage okay my lips fell asleep for a second okay cool okay michelle visage should we talk about rupaul a little bit did she say something a bit problematic about um, rupaul has been problematic about transgender queens she's just saying that oh so i don't know if you guys know peppermint is yeah. She's mm-hmm. awesome. Basically, when she went on the show, she was in the middle of a transition, but oh, she hadn't okay. finished transitioning. There are a lot of people that go on that, like, you can tell they're a little bit more, like, fishy than they would have been because they're mm. taking the hormones and whatnot. Right. So, that, like, somehow they kind of ignore it and then they have this big reveal. Oh, by the way, I'm actually a transgender woman. They're like, oh, okay, you're on the show now. We can't do anything about it. Mm. I feel like they wouldn't have been let on before that. Mm. RuPaul doesn't apparently get down with that he's like oh but they shouldn't be doing drag there's no reason why they shouldn't be doing drag because anyone can do drag exactly the whole thing is performance it's only drag queens on the show isn't it yeah there aren't like drag kings if there was a drag king I'd be very interested to see how that would work with the pageantry pageantry Mm, of it because it's really different because I feel like with drag race drag race only kind of promotes or tries to promote at least one type of drag Mm -hmm, or at mm -hmm. least like a very a very um I'm trying to think of narrow? like a funnel, a very yeah. Yeah, a very narrow strain of drag. So like when someone strays too far from that narrative, they get not, they don't chopped get, off. Yeah, they get chopped off, and they're not like the, for example, uh, there was a queen called Milk on the I show. I remember Milk. Who did, yeah. who did boy who did boy drag and dressed up as RuPaul, and he was like completely like. Like, they were completely against it, but it was like... It was kind of genius, though. They it was very just genius. said, dress up as Rue. And no yeah. one else did boy Rue. So yeah. it's like, why not? Like, it was it was a very clever, in like, take on what drag could be, but they didn't like it because he was dressed as a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. Milan got told the same thing. Okay, this is... We're yeah. just dropping names now. <laughs> Basically, there was another queen who dressed up as Janelle Monae, yeah. who wears suits sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, well, it looks more like Sammy Davis Jr. rather than Janelle Monae. She had the hair... And everything so mm. i bought it mm-hmm. she did the dance you know that like she was like smiling she had the fishy makeup on but they're like no nah, you look like a guy why mm. not why can't she look like a guy mm. <laughs> there's no problem mm. i never knew that drag race had this like much underlying they have this so it's, so much. it's the whole entire world i feel like my face is, like my mind is being blown up right it's now. A whole entire world. they only want a certain type of thing and they're like you have to be fishy you've got to be pageantry you can't uh, have like small hair or natural looking makeup fishy? fishy means like as feminine as possible it's uh okay. it's uh it's it's, I think, it's, right? it's yeah yeah it's like it's another gay lingo term okay because that basically thinking about a scent no 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 <laughs> so I'm like, I that's where it derives from okay. but i'm not sure. <laughs> it's got anything to do with smell but basically i don't even know why i say fishy i have no idea because fish is associated with vaginas and vaginas associated with real women oh. so when you look like i think that's how the terminology uh-huh. came about but okay. like the um the fishier you are the more you look like a real woman that, yeah See, i was thinking that but i was like am i right and thinking no this you're, right. you're oh, right okay cool so yeah. th- there are some people that come on that look kind of more feminine as guys and then put the makeup yeah. on they only have to like highlight certain features other people have to like okay. completely, completely cover their, their yeah. forehead 
cover the eyebrows draw new ones on like make the cheekbones higher all sorts but yeah. some people don't have to do that and those people always get ripped for not being draggy enough what does that even mean okay, mm. okay we are definitely going to continue this conversation <laughs> offer, but uh we're gonna take a quick break now and we're gonna let you guys listen into Suned harnett who is uh actually singing a song called ally which i just found today it's a little bit slow but um i hope you enjoy it and please listen in and listen back to us when we get back okay bye bye, bye. bye. Hello again. Hi guys. Hey, we're back. 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 And she's also then said that RuPaul's actually since apologised for what he said and many queens have come out against the show for the one drag that's portrayed. P.S. I love milk. <laughs> oh, I love this interaction. Uh, Nisha, have you got anything on Instagram? Um, we do. We have one from Ogo. Um, but this seems to be like a response to the picture I put up, which is a picture of a pigeon. And I said, DM us if you want to share experiences coming out from the pigeon's mouth. Um, but this was in relation to allies and, you know, friends of non-POC thing. Um, well, in response to the pigeon, she said, with birds, of course. Once one flew so close to my face here on campus, I'm so done. Lol. lol. Um, these, <laughs> okay, to be honest, I can kind of relate because these seagulls are vicious. They are, you know. If you're eating something, really, you are target number one. Literally, once swooped down on me, and I had a, I hadn't even opened it. It was just a sandwich. I was holding it in my hand. It was a yeah. packet. It was closed. It literally swooped down because it saw the package. Yeah. Oh my god. I've goodness. seen. I've recorded like try. a seagull go into a. A person's bag and like take out a packet. I remember <laughs> seeing that. I remember that. Yeah. Okay, I've we're gonna. Foot wow. by lawns oh. on campus. Yeah. Oh. I'm vicious. I'm the vicious. second time I punched a bird. Oh. 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 I'm sorry, you punched the bird. I was not using my food a second time. How did it feel to hit a bird? what was the feeling what was the feathers like what, did you hit the beak what did I, you I hit? think I hit his leg I kind of just like <laughs> <laughs> kind of just slapped at it <laughs> RSPCA comes <laughs> oh <my goodness>. okay, <laughs> so we are back talking about friends and allies and today we're moving right now we're moving a little bit into the friends bit so let's talk about our friends as allies uh, yeah. obviously we are all parts of different groups intersectionalism did I say inter- intersectionality <laughs> yes we all ha- are parts of different groups so we are mm-hmm. uh, have little we have allies in different places and we are also mm-hmm. ourselves allies in different places so mm-hmm. Davina mentioned before as a man he's an ally in terms of feminism um i don't know if anyone said anything else um no i don't know I, as an asian if i count as an ally for you guys mm-hmm. you could do do you want to be i don't know i mean i guess in terms of like if we're fighting for anything that's to do with equality in terms oh against anti-blackness like, yeah, then, yeah. For anti-blackness yeah yeah, yeah. I guess um, in terms of Black Lives Matter, like anyone who is not black but for and fighting for the movement yeah. is an ally. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, so your friends as allies. So um, I think we should talk a little bit about we didn't mention before in the break when our, our friends are negative allies or not helpful to the community. Mm. So uh, I mentioned my friend in America. You mentioned your friends who are having that discussion. 
Yeah, uh, Davina, Dami, have you got anything else? Any other experiences with friends who probably weren't the best? I know you mentioned Wetherspoons, Dami. I people just basically saying to me, "No one's looking at you because you're black." Of course they are. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm. Oh my gosh! So I had this Afro hair once. Mm. Oh, actually, I have two stories. Mm. Two short ones. I had this Afro hair once. I was walking through Canterbury, and I swear I was like a tourist attraction. Mm. And people were like looking at it, moving their hand towards mm. it. I had to walk yeah. a bit faster. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Also, when I graduated originally, I was wearing this lovely blue dress, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh my god, you look so nice! Where'd you get your dress from? What is that? Should you really be wearing that? What? It looks really Should interesting." I was like, "Wearing that it's a dress? Like it's not that deep." A lot of the people in Canterbury, the residents were like, "Oh, that's so lovely. What is it? Mm. It's a dress." It didn't even even look. So it what, even they look instantly assumed it was some kind of different attire. Some, yeah, like it had. It couldn't be a dress because it's obviously not a normal pattern. It didn't even look that like anchorish. It was kind of like you had a fishtail. Yeah, it was really. So European like dress style. Like what? Yeah. It's not that deep. It's just the material is a bit foreign. Mm. I'm sorry. Just trying to bring a little bit of culture to oh, Canterbury. Oh, like Ankara fabric or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only a touch of it though. It wasn't that strange, but apparently it was strange enough to be stared at from oh, wow. like the car park all the way through the cathedral. Bruh, wow. I'm thinking about getting an Ankara jumpsuit. So I was going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to wear a I'm like, do unless it. you want to be there wrapping my culture yeah. and my country. Like, I can't have done, done, yeah, yeah, done Canterbury for a year and not wear a sari to my yes, graduation. Yes. <laughs> Come on, man. Yes. Um. I I mean I kind of have like stories of like having friends or family I guess mm-hmm. um that you know make the occasional um homophobic joke mm-hmm. or say like you know slight like con- the con- controversial they say controversial things and it's kind of like okay it's kind of like I kind of have to pull you up because you're wrong mm-hmm. but it's kind of like how do I how how do I try to remain tactful in a way that I don't you know like mm-hmm. hurt your feelings because I feel like for me um, when I do like you know like try and interject with these issues I can come across quite brash so I feel like if I do say something it might end our friendship or hurt your feelings mm. really badly so sometimes I feel like it's like do I kind of just like oh shut up you know like you can't really yeah. say that or like tell you like you know yeah but like as a friend though and if you're telling your friend as it like how it is as it is like it's up to your it's it's all about the response that your friend has in regards to it because it's kind of like if they kind of get defensive about it then it shows like a level of ignorance where it's like actually no i don't want to listen to what you have to say because i'm either really like i don't want to hear it because i think that it's only my opinion that's right or like it's it's a defense mechanism of a weird kind where i just don't want to listen to you mm. about your thing but then it's like it can go the other way where it's like actually i'm really sorry i offended you with that yeah um i'm gonna definitely make an active change to not be like that next time mm. i think you should always say something yeah, yeah. especially if you don't know what they're doing yeah. yeah and i feel like i feel like with me as well i was very lucky to have um I mean, although they make the occasional, like, you know, gay jokes, I have uh, older brothers mm-hmm. who were, you know, pretty great allies to me mm-hmm. because uh, when I came out, my mum wasn't very, you know, receptive towards it. Mm-hmm. But my older brothers kind of sat her down and was like, you know, this is his life. He's an adult. Let him live it. You mm-hmm. can't dictate what he does for the mm-hmm. rest of his life. And I was very, I was very, um, 
thank you yeah i was very thankful like i was very shocked as well because i mm. had no especially because you know growing up with the gay jokes and a little bit of teasing mm. i would have never expected my brothers to say anything like that and be so supportive mm-hmm. as they are now so like i feel like i feel like you can be a good ally who mm-hmm. tries but no one can be the perfect model ally Mm. so i can't really turn my back and say oh they're bad allies because they make gay jokes but you know they did that so yeah it's always it's always there's always some learning Mm. and development you can do to be a better ally yeah there's always that kind of space for that um i want to talk about two things if that's okay with you yeah that's fine um well first of all like in terms of like allies i just want to no actually i'll do this later um so basically the story that i'm going to go into is of a friend that i had uh in second year in third year and i let go of this year and she was of a like she was a caucasian friend from the north mm-hmm. and um it's very interesting because i remember the fe- one of one of the first meetings i had with her it was over some coursework essay work and stuff and i remember her saying it was really strange for me i think i don't know if you no, I don't, it wasn't you that was their blessing it was um a, it was some it was another person um basically she she said to me that the first time she saw her black like she said she was 12 years old when she saw her first black person oh yeah in france you remember this? I only. remember being told this. I don't think she I was told me the story. Yeah, I think. And um, it was it was really weird because I was kind of taken aback. It was just kind of like, why is that such a big deal for you mm. to have seen your first black person in real life at the age of twelve? Because you've seen black people on TV, I'm sure. So why is this such a big deal for you? Why is this such a shocker? Because she was like, oh yeah, it was in France when I saw my first black person. Like she hadn't even seen her first black person in England. And I was like, that's really weird for you to say to someone of colour. Sounds like she's bird watching. Yeah, it actually reminds me of the humans <laughs> that we were talking about last week. Yeah. And but then it was like the things that like I mean we became friends eventually somehow. Um <laughs> and, <laughs> and um like there were conversations that I would that would pop up and it was like me coming to like realise the like colonialization of India and like the extent of it and like the gravity of like not not racism but it's just like the the white privilege over the ethnic minorities and um for her like whenever because obviously she was white so she kind of like there's always that white guilt that follows with a white person in terms of like their colored friends how are not as privileged as you are just because of their race but she would try and play it off in the sense of like oh yeah i'm from the north i'm basically just as badly off as you are because uh england Um, didn't really care about us because in the north there were the mines so we were also treated like crap um Gosh, can you remember anything else, Tammy? No, you hit it right on the like you hit it right <laughs> on the head. I so I feel like, oh, but I kind of understand your struggle because obviously I'm poor yeah. and I'm from this area and it's a poor area. I was like, cool, but I'm from a poor area in London and I'm black. We yeah. do not have the same struggle. Please, just <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it was yeah. Just yeah. And too much. I, f- I feel like one thing that like this is a discussion that should be had, like mm. how. Uh, white working class people are you know treated differently to their white counterparts mm-hmm. but at the same time they are still white They're trying and, to if, they get, and if they get yeah. money they are no longer poor so exactly. they are just going to be white so yeah. I feel like mm. it should like there should be some sort of distinction and understanding of the fact that because mm. 
well like um and like the struggles that white working class people go through because it is something that doesn't really get talked about that much mm-hmm. but like you also kind of have to understand that your whiteness is not gonna go <laughs> go away because you're poor exactly mm-hmm. you're not, you're not poor because you're white you're exactly. poor because you're poor There's exactly yeah. it wasn't a time for her to bring her two cents mm-hmm. like, it wasn't yeah. yeah it's not your time obviously there's everyone everyone experiences their own struggle but her equating her experience of poverty to your experience of being a person of color yeah. is not the same you can make money Mm-hmm. You can't change a race. The Rachel mm-hmm. Dollars always say different, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's a story for another day. Gosh. Yeah. yeah, she's getting sued for fraud. Oh, I Wait, believe it. She going to jail. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, yeah. I, I don't understand why they made a Netflix special on this I lady. Wait, wait, I'm gonna boot like it. Rachel Dollars. Oh, the, the white lady. White lady who tried to get oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I actually have a story about that. When I went to, when I was talking about her in a class, and we're having this whole discussion. One, a white girl then pulled up, but she was like, well, I get that she shouldn't have dressed up like that, but she was still trying to help the cause. And I was literally How? sitting there like, How? okay, I have a point. And then the teacher was like, no, the class is finished now. And I'm thinking in my head, oh, no, no. And that, oh, my goodness. That just angered me because you can't say that someone, I, my race isn't a costume for you to decide. Exactly. You can do your work and still do be white. It's okay. You can still help. Again, an example of being a good ally, helping, yeah. recognizing your privilege and doing the work. You don't need to become black to further the NAACP's movement. She was mm-hmm. trivializing the whole thing. She was trivializing no. the struggles. So it's not she that deep. She made up oppression as well. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing, she said that people had sent her, like, Notes and bombs and into bombs. a letterbox, and, and literally, literally, they were like, oh. This would have been stamped at a post office, but the way it was, it was presented as if it was just slipped through a letterbox, so someone had to have hand delivered so it. Just, oh, wow. Someone just put it in, literally. So, wow. well, um, so kind of someone made a really funny joke about her turning up to court, <laughs> and <laughs> they were saying that, Is she gonna come to court as a white woman yeah. now? <laughs> about how uh, when she stopped by police which <laughs> what race is Rachel going to be like wow. uh, so quickly we're going to actually talk about this idea of having a white ally or an ally of privilege and I kind of want to move into this idea of the white savior so oh. when you when you have someone who's an ally that's great but when you're doing too much you mm-hmm. become you become a savior in a sense mm-hmm. you assume that you can save the people the marginalized people who are facing this uh so what is the point that a ally can become a savior i just want to quickly interject oh, so go for, it, for my english gcse mm-hmm. instead of reading of mice and men mm-hmm. my because we went we were in top set big up top wow. set. Hey. Uh, my teacher decided to um, decided for us to read To Kill a Mockingbird oh. and she was like this is such a great book I love it so much uh-huh. and like as I was reading it I was like okay I see why this is a good book like you uh-huh. know it's, and it's, a, it's a nice tale of development of a young girl and her yeah. you know uh-huh. trying to explore uh-huh. the world and whatnot blah blah yeah, blah but when it got to the end uh-huh. and um there was the whole situation with the black guy who was wrongfully accused of rape yeah. mm-hmm. and was going to get killed yep. um, it turned into this white saviorist novel and everyone was like lauding it in, this, in class as this great book and like, I was like Atticus was the saviour Atticus was yeah. this like great saviour and it was like I don't really like this book because why it's like essentially Atticus was doing his job but at the same time like yeah but at the same time, because back in the day, um, 
we have days um, <laughs> yeah because it's like because it's uh, it's south america it's set in south america mm. and um it's back in the, it's it's do in a time where carry on, no, no, do you mean the american south yeah, the American South. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Texas. No, where are they from? They're from. They're not from Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was Judge Taylor for GCSE drama, so I'm just like Alabama, Tennessee. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> I okay, can't get the words out my mouth. <laughs> can't get the words out my mouth. I'm so sorry. But yeah, no, I get what you mean in terms yeah. of like Atticus being a savior, but at the same time, he was supposed to be doing like the the counter yeah. argument for that is like, oh well, he was supposed doing to his do job. job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's like, oh yeah, but he didn't have to like rescue the black man. But the black guy got killed anyways. Yeah. So, so I haven't that, read this. I need to read oh, it. Oh, you should read it. So all that work yeah. was for nothing because yeah. it, I, the, yeah. the, I feel like it just really because looking back on it, like back then, I was like, I don't really like this book, but I couldn't really put it into words. And now yeah. looking back on it, I was like, like my teacher was, you know, trying to like make us believe that this white savior complex is a great thing, mm-hmm. and like I was kind of just like, I'm not really. Uh, it was a bit iffy like she was a great teacher don't get me wrong but yeah. yeah I think I wasn't a fan of that yeah also you kind of have to remember that what was I can't remember uh, Harper Lee she Harper was a Lee. white woman so she was yeah. obviously writing it from the perspective of yeah. like mm. as a white person this is what I can do but then mm. again you know you're delving into this whole idea of like I can save the oppressed people from what they're going through mm. um, we're actually gonna have to speed up and move into the student shout out a little bit oh my God. but please feel free to continue the conversation on our Twitter and our Instagram no yeah. no we're gonna move into Four the minutes. shout out oh. yeah I know uh, so I actually have something I want to recommend um, <laughs> if you want to talk if you want to if you're someone who is feels that they're an ally who could do better as a friend or an ally please check out Cheska Lee's video mm-hmm. uh, five tips to being a good ally and I really picked out two specific tips that she gave which was really good um, one speak up but not over so speak up for people but not over mm-hmm. what they are saying and two you saying you're an ally is not enough you've got to do the work ally is a mm-hmm. verb mm-hmm. so we have talked about you know being allies and being a friend and standing by the people but one thing we didn't really mention is that you have to actually work for this cause if you're going to call yourself an ally mm-hmm. Anyone else? Um, I'll quickly interject. Uh, the White Ally Toolkit dot com. Um, it was developed by a black uh, African American man called David Camp. Uh, kind of post uh, Trump selection um, to kind of help white people who thought they were woke into kind of like educating themselves further and educating like their family and their friends. Um, that's definitely around for people of the Caucasian people to check out. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, do we know you got anything you want to point out? Um, I can, I'd probably just suggest uh, watch The Grapevine. They have intelligent mm-hmm. black people discussing black issues. So mm-hmm. if you feel like you want to be educated on stuff, you know, mm-hmm. then watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Their YouTube channel is quite interesting. Yeah, Malade is always recommending it to us. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I actually did forget. Check out um, this video called "Here's What Black People Really Want White People to Do." It mm-hmm. talks about allyship in terms of black people and white people, but some, a lot of it also applies in general. And mm-hmm. uh, there is one good tip, uh, which one person says: If you're quick to say I'm not a racist, you should be just as quick to correct those around you who are racist. Yeah. Again, kind of what Cheska Lee was talking about: yep. doing the work, not just sitting there and saying you're an ally. Mm-hmm. But um, thank you for listening to Cancer Bam again, so guys. Thank you for being here, Davina. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Well, we will see you guys next week. Ooh, is it this song? It is this song. It's rap by hijab for everyone celebrating Ram- well, everyone observing Ramadan. Ramadan Mubarak. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.